and welcome to the Fence End Podcast. Uh, Simon here with Fraser. Hi, Fraser. How are you? Hello, Simon. All good? All good. Um, nothing I'd rather be doing on a sunny Saturday morning <laughs> <laughs> than talking about Oxford United. <laughs> and our, and our, um, our achieving uh, safety at the, yes. uh, at the very end of the season. Um, that is most welcome. Season. Well, well, we'll we'll talk about us achieving the men. Well, I say us, the men's team achieving safety. We'll also talk about the the women's team just narrowly missing out on on success um, and and finishing third in the division. There, um, we'll talk about where the season went wrong for the men, where it went so right for the women, um, and and sort of next season and and released players who we think we need for next season. All of that sort of stuff. Uh, we'll touch on the on the new stadium and and of course you know anything that crops up flies into the brain halfway through this pod like we normally do and we'll we'll go off on a tangent. But uh, sounds good. But yeah, and it, it, well, let, let's let's start at the end. And the end of the season was a, a a defeat to Accrington. But prior to that, two games, one against Cheltenham, one against Forest Green. Six points from those games, and we went into that final game. Not mathematically safe in that there could have been a huge turnaround in in goals that could have seen us relegated, but but realistically we were safe going into that final game. Yeah, I mean they're taking the three of them in order. So I was at the uh, Cheltenham game, um, courtesy of uh, Liam and Paul's stadium neighbour. What's the word there? Someone who sits near. <laughs> uh, so thank you for that. The Cheltenham game was such a turning point, wasn't it? And mm. a hell of a time to make a turning point on game 44. Um, but uh, it you, you left the ground then, well, I certainly did, um, thinking we've got a real chance of safety now. After games and games of leaving and thinking, we could well go down this year. Um, it, it really felt like that was a, a game where, had we lost or even drawn that, you know, it it would have been so difficult to get positive about even with the last two games being forest green and Accrington, it would have been difficult to lift mm. ourselves after that because, um, you know, the, the table just would have looked grim, but that performance was, was outstanding. You know, we saw the Josh Murphy who we were, we were sold last summer. Um, and, um, Marcus Brown had an outstanding game and just so many good performances all over the pitch. And, um, just so relieving to get that windless run off our back. Was it 17 in the end? Something, yeah. And and it was, we built up those last three games in, yeah. you know, through that period of, of, of the, you know, the, the games that we were, were losing, we were drawing. It was like, oh, don't worry. You know, the last three games are winnable, but the nearer we got to those and the fact that we hadn't won any of the yeah. previous games was like, well, we're putting a lot of pressure on ourselves for those last three games. If yeah. we're kind of going, don't really matter about the rest because, those last three games are winnable. Well, you then make it that you've got to win at least two of them as, yeah. as we ended up there. But you're right. The sense of relief when probably that second goal went in, I think yeah. it was then it went, you could feel you could, you know, the players looked like a weight had come off their shoulders. The, the, the tense atmosphere in the ground was relieved. And all of a sudden, you know, that, that Marcus Brown first Marcus Brown goal where, He'd been trying that for most of the season where, you know, he'll, he'll get yeah. the ball and he'll run at defenders and, and either he'll get fouled or he'll lose the ball. But he just, you know, zigzag, zigzag, chip the keeper and, and away you go. And it's like, yeah. oh, OK, that's what he's been trying all season. Yeah, maybe yeah. waiting for those last three games was fine. We, we were going to do yeah. this all along. But it felt, yeah, it, it, there was a real sense of stress and, and, and anxiety leading up to those games. 
you know, and a great opening goal for, for Tyler Goodrum uh, in the first half. And it takes an effort to remember now, but the first mm. half hour, you'd probably argue Cheltenham edged it, um, it which was, <laughs> yeah. it was, it was getting really nervy at that point because you just thought, this is the game we were supposed to start smashing people. And half an hour in, oh. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, you know, as soon as one went in. And then there was the, when the three in the second half went in, were they all within about 15 minutes or something? They were, yeah. It yeah, went very one nil close to together. Four nil, yeah, one nil to four nil very quickly. Um, and yeah, it was just a really good night up at the Kassam. It was, mm. it was really great to finally get the win. And, uh, really set us up well for the Forest Green. Forest Green, you were at Forest Green, weren't you? I was, yeah, yeah. It, it, it had that end of season feel, you know. Yeah. The, the sun was out. Um, I think most people, um, or a lot of people, kind of found base camp on the hill at uh, one of the pubs halfway up the hill, yeah. um, full of Oxford fans. Lovely summer day or early spring day, rather, and and you know, nice chilled beer outside in shorts, and it was yeah. it was lovely. And then, yeah, we I. Th- we never looked in any kind of danger in that game. I think, you know, it, no. it showed how poor Forest Green were. I you know, appreciate they were down and all of that, but they were from a team managed managed by Duncan Ferguson, mm. who, you know, you would imagine he would want them, doesn't matter whether they'd already been relegated or not. You, you know, you he... He strikes me as someone who would, who would expect yeah. a, a certain level of commitment, and he, yeah. he just didn't really get that. Um, appreciate yeah. he's been not been there that long, so it's not his team. But yeah, we we look comfortable through the whole game. A, a great goal from Carl Joseph, you know, good finish from him. Um, yeah, the Goodrum goal right at the start of the second half, and as soon as that went in, you kind of going, okay, well we, we've got this one. Now all attention turned to to games elsewhere. Yeah, didn't it just? And I'm the same as you. When it was, I think when we went 2-0, I just thought, with all the respect in the world to Forest Green, I think this is done. Um, mm. Then you start staring at the other games. And I think Cambridge were 3-1 up or something. Well, basically, let's lay, lay out what we needed. We needed mm. either Cambridge or MK Dons to not win. Yeah, I think Cambridge were 3-1 up. Or, that might be wrong. But the, the main one we were looking at was MK Dons, who were mm. 4-1 up. Yeah, Barnsley. Yeah, after and being it, one nil down, you know that yeah. one nil. Okay, things you, start. You know, yeah. first half things were a little bit going our way, and then you just thought, I can't believe this because mm. what that was going to mean was it was going to go to Cambridge's game in midweek. Yeah, um, against Burton and Cambridge were on good form, and you fancied mm. them. And should they take care of business there, we were going to go to the last game of the season, and it, it kind of felt like. We we had beaten Cheltenham. We were gonna beat Forest Green, so we we'd done two thirds of the job, and hoping that that would be a hundred percent of the job. But it, it just looked like, oh god, we really are going to go to Stanley. I can't believe this. Mm-hmm. Barnsley, Barnsley Football Club, who who I hated in two thousand and sixteen <laughs> around this time of year. Um, not hated. That was, yeah. that was that was a good game, but oh, they just they just came to our rescue. I don't know why they did that for us. I don't think they had us in mind, to be honest. <laughs> nothing to play for, you know, other than form for them. You know, they yeah. they were they were safe. You know, slap bang in the middle of the playoffs. There's no chance of them going up automatically. Yeah. They 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 were in the playoffs. Whatever happened, um, yeah. and. And it was kind of like, oh, okay, you know, they they've not given up. They they you know they were a team that kept going even when they didn't need to. Yeah. Um, and yeah, did did a job for us. Yeah, and and you know, look, I don't know much about the uh, 
politics or internal workings of uh, MK Dons last year, but a lot of their fans seemed to say it wasn't Liam Manning's fault mm. that they were in that situation. So he must have had a little, a little grin on his face that they had handed yeah. us safety. <laughs> yeah, it, you know, it was it was unbelievable, and um, and God, those I think they equalised Barnsley on eighty eight minutes, and then that the MK Dons fourth official put six minutes up, mm. and it was just insufferable. Yes. <laughs> It did go on, yeah, Yeah. and of course, you know, games finishing at at different times, it just felt like, oh god, this Um, is going to be. So tell us, are you were in the crowd? Were you? Did you stay for the? Yeah, hung around. Yeah, yeah, the players came out. You know, stayed out on the pitch. Um, Yeah, pretty much everybody stayed in there. You know, at that point, everyone's on on their phones. You know, I mean, back in the day, it'd have been a little transistor radio up to your ear and and listening to whatever it would, you know. Three counties radio. Yeah. Um, but of course, you know, everyone's got mobile phone apps. But but as we felt sort of through that second half, you know, different, a cheer went up from, you know, a little way along the terrace there. And it's kind of, it gradually filtered through the, oh, you know, Barnsley have got one back. It's it's 4-2. Oh, okay. Still says four one on mine, and and oh no, it's come through four two now. So there'd be another little cheer because you don't want to be taken in by someone just having a laugh yeah, and going yeah, yeah. you know. And it was it gradually, you know, different apps updated at different times with the scores. So some people were getting it before others, and 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 it just gradually filtered through that. Yeah, it had got to four three. It had got to four four, and and at yeah. that point you think. Yeah, well, it's a mad game. Let's not, you know, this isn't done yet. You know, our game had finished, but yeah. we're there. Everyone's there, and you want, you know, everyone's refresh, 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 waiting yeah. for that kind of, you know, final score to come through that it that it had finished. Um, and and I can't remember whether the the players on the pitch got that message first. They seemed to celebrate. There was noise from further down the the terrace, and 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 in the end, you know, obviously everyone realised, yeah, we're, we're we're safe, barring a, a ridiculous spin in in you know twenty four goal turnaround. Yeah. Um. And and yeah, it was. There was a sense of relief. I don't think it was celebration of an any kind of achievement. It was a no. celebration of the relief yeah. that okay, yeah, we're not going down. When or we're not at risk in that last game of the season. Uh, yeah. And and it was sort of you turn to someone and go okay, yeah, we can be happy with this, but this can't happen again. We can't be in this no. situation again. Yeah. And I guess that's that leads us on to, you know, Grant Ferguson this week in the media, as in some of the interviews, has said, in hindsight, we left it too long to to get rid yeah. of Carl Robinson. I think well, for him, maybe it's hindsight, but I think a lot of people were saying time's up long before he was actually dismissed. Yeah, well, I'll absolutely come back to this in about 90 seconds. If we yeah, could just slot on. in Stanley. the Stanley yeah. Oh, game. sorry. Yes, sorry. So, yeah. Well, no, because only because I think, um, I mean, you've heard everyone listening to this has probably heard this on every other podcast or commentary of, of Oxford's end of the season. But um, the Stanley game was kind of, it was such a, a, a trailer for our season. If our season mm. was a film, that could be a perfect trailer of it because yeah. it was, it was, Everything that was wrong about us this year, we just did it again. And, but you know, and this is the part I think everyone else has said is that it was actually in well, using Grant's word in hindsight, <laughs> that game was probably quite handy for just to remind a lot of us mm. we need serious changes in this squad because yeah. yes, we won the last two games before that, um, 
but it really came into focus that those were against an already safe Cheltenham Town and an already relegated Forest Green Rovers. No disrespect to those teams, but you know mm. that that's a fact. You know we that's where we got our points to set, to stay safe. Um, and that Stanley game, you know, we had so many chances. Every time someone did, it wasn't a very good shot. And then Stanley had two chances and put them both in. Mm-hmm. And um, and just a little, you know, I never usually do this, but even I will concede the Stanley fans were awesome. They were they were brilliant yeah. in that game. They yeah. were loud. They were partying. Already down. Um, mm. But yeah, fair play. You know, why not? Why not have a little party about it? Okay. Yeah. I think going away from that, the overriding thought was just, we can't be in this situation again, especially not with the money that was spent on the squad. And yeah. so, yeah, Grant Ferguson said in the week, as you were saying, Sai, was it the beauty of hindsight? Mm. Sort of saying that we would have got rid of him earlier. It, it just doesn't really wash that. I, I'm sorry, but it's not hindsight. Plenty of people, Pretty much everyone was saying, yeah. why is this man still in a job? Mm. Um, and I know he did say in that interview, is it financial and contractual reasons? Yeah, but Grant, you yeah. you, you, you just meet the, the surely a clause where you mm. want to dismiss him. Every football manager has that. Yeah. Is what you need to meet to, to do that. Okay, there's the, there's the payoff. Bye. You know, mm. I, I don't really understand... I think he was just saying words then to try and, but then that makes me think. And you know, what are your thoughts on this? Like, well, what, what's the real reason then that he's not saying? Why, why? Did it, yeah, if so there's something, this man? you're right. Yeah, if there is something beyond the the usual, he's a football manager. You can sack him. That yeah. that happens. It's not. It's not like we're the first club ever to have needed to have got rid no. of a manager and, halfway through a season for yeah. poor results. And as we say a lot on this podcast, as clubs go, we don't really fire managers. No. You know, we're no. pretty good at that, at not yeah. firing people. Carl had ample time. And mm. then in his various, you know, media trips that he did after getting sacked from Oxford, he even conceded that it yeah. was the right decision and that yeah. he was surprised he wasn't fired earlier. <laughs> what on earth took so long to get this done? And I, I've never really bought into the the border the, on the other side of the world. And that takes a long, because I think in the modern era, that surely can't be a problem, but I don't know. Maybe it is a bit of a problem because what I can't, I can't find any other reason as to why it took so long to dismiss this man, unless they were just sort of besotted with, they thought he was amazing and he'd turn it around because he had before, but I'd argue back. Well, I don't think we're ever in the situation that we were this season before we flirted no. with it. I think, 18, 19, mm. or not. one of those seasons. Yeah, yeah. I think the, the Swindon game, wasn't it? That, that, um, the, yeah. it, during lockdown, um, yeah. when we lost at home to Swindon, that really yeah. was, yeah, but that was way earlier in the season. You know, we, we'd yeah. started this season not too badly. It, it was the, the end that was well, yeah. middle of the season that, that, that we really struggled. Yeah. And you kind of thought, do they understand what a relegation to League Two is? Do they, mm. are they, are they at one with what could happen here? And, you only have to look at MK Dons where they finished last season and what's happened to them mm. now. They finished much higher than us last year. Yeah, and one one point a- off the automatics last season. There you go. Um, Talk about a sliding doors moment. Yeah. And now they're down. It can happen. So there was the shareholders meeting, wasn't there? I think Radio Oxford reported on, uh, they maybe conceded that Carl had a bit too much power in yeah. transfers. I was at, yeah, it was at the AGM and it, it just oh, felt course, yeah. like... You know, Carl was obviously been manager for, you know, he came in pretty much as Tiger took over. You know, there was the, you know, the Pep era 
that Eels had appointed and then the gradual takeover when Tiger came in and the appointment of of Carl Robinson. So he was, you know, obviously a Tiger appointment. Tiger's still um, a, a, sh- a shareholder, but a minority one now. And, and kind of, I suppose, with Grant Ferguson and, and Tim Williams coming in pretty much last summer and, and into the autumn as the as the takeover as we're calling it but the shareholders you know the the amount of shares that an india and and eric hold now becoming majority shareholders i guess in a way looking at this passion yeah you know grant Ferguson, tim williams have come into a situation where carl is already established he's he's been in the role for quite a period of time um and he's quite media friendly, if you like, because he'll talk. He's not one of those that yeah. just gives yes, no answers. You know, he's he, he seems very much quite happy to talk and, and say quite a lot and talk about stuff. And during, you know, during lockdown, that that worked, you know, as a voice of the club, you know, to. And the club did a lot of good things, you know, during that period of time with, with fans and keeping in touch with people and all that sort of stuff. And And, and it it cemented his role as not just the first team coach, but very much the figurehead of the, of the club. And I suppose they should have maybe, um, what's the word, you know, asserted their influence or asserted their positions much sooner to kind of go, no, you're, you're the first team manager. Do that. We are the chairman and the chief exec and we will, you know, do the other stuff. Yeah. Do you think perhaps it was just felt it, it was, yeah, I think, they they just feeling what was said, they kind of took too long to assert that, you know, we're in charge. Yeah. Which, do you think maybe it was a hangover from the fact, from the arrangement that he had with Tiger, where he was sort of allowed to to be in charge of a lot more? And then, and then yeah, these, like you say, these guys mm. come in and, and um, you know, say, so well, actually, you know, we're the ones with the money and we, yeah. we you know, We'll decide how things go, and and you know, I, I don't really know how it, you know, because I, I don't work in football. I don't know how much power a manager usually does have mm. over transfers. But we had a head of recruitment, didn't we? Who's now yeah. gone to Derby County. So I don't know how it works. With does Carl say to, um, God, I've forgotten his name already. Um, who Grant Ferguson or Tim Williams? Or no, the, the, head the head of recruitment who went to. Uh, Mark Thomas. Mark Thomas. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, does Carl say to Mark Thomas, "This is this is the sort of player I want"? Can you go and identify them, or does Carl just say, "I've got this guy"? And if Mark Thomas says, "Well, I, I don't want that one," does mm. Carl say, "Well, tough, I do"? Yeah. I don't. I don't know. know. I don't know how this. It was, he always claimed, is. you know, in in one or two fans forums that happened that this is Carl always said because that that kind of accusation was leveled at him that that he had too much power about everything you know people on fans forum the the online fan forum rather than the, the in-person one. Oh yeah no he he's he, you know what he, he's a dictator what he says goes and it's kind of he always claimed well there's a there's a technical committee for all the appointments and and it has to be a majority so whether that's the case with some of these transfers I don't know um you know you've only got to look at the likes of say Jody Jones who we seem to chase for the whole of the summer and then he comes in plays little more than about 10 or 15 minutes across yeah. three or four games and then gets loaned out. And totally it just, bizarre. Uh, yeah. Um, totally so, and obviously, you know, the the likes of, of Matt Taylor going out on loan. Yeah. Well, very, very last minute. Yeah. You know, but we talked, he talked as well. This is Carl Robinson had said, we need a centre forward. Well, he got in a loan centre forward 
So you kind of go, okay, he's a bit similar to Matt Taylor, but maybe it will mean Taylor can have a rest every now and then with Tyler mm. Smith coming in. And then out goes Matty Taylor. And it's, yeah, yeah I think we, they they admitted, you know, like I say Grant Ferguson to Williams, that, that this had been a couple of two or three transfer windows where we hadn't done the right thing. We hadn't stuck to a, a model. That yeah. certainly seems Liam Manning was in the room at that at the AGM, and 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 if <laughs> it wasn't a, a, a kind of um, it, it, at the time, it sounded a little bit dismissive of him um, of Liam Manning, and that Grant said talking about Carl, he's got you know he had you know too much power around the club, and and it was involved in too many things. That was one of the things we liked about Liam is that he didn't want to do that, and it, it, at the time it felt like a. He's a good boy. He'll do what he's told. But actually, no, what it came in hindsight. Yeah, it was sort (laughs) of like, and and kind of Grant stopped himself halfway through as if to say, look, this isn't a, a, you know, a a negative comment. All Liam's interested in is coaching the first team. Brilliant. That's what he's there for. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. You know, Yes, there are things that that a manager might want to do, get involved in in you know the the youth team, the academies, the women's team, and promoting that and helping them with coaching or, or you know whatever it might be. So that's a positive. But equally, in a season where it's gone so wrong, yeah. you no, no focus on your job, and your job is first team manager or first team coach or head coach or whatever yeah. the job title might be. And you just felt Liam Manning. Didn't say a great deal at the AGM, but when he was asked a couple of questions at the end from from people attending, you know, people yeah. um, on the floor, as it were, was he came across as very focused, very yeah. Yeah. deliberate in what he said, and absolutely, you no, know, yeah, we're looking at short term, long term, and sort of short term, medium term, long term with everything we do. Yes, we you know we needed some short term um, gains before the end of the season. So we looked at that, but equally we were looking at the medium term and players for the long term, you know, in terms of who they played. So it's, you know, it's not, he's not a knee jerk reaction manager who just came in. Because yeah. Some of us were, you know, it was like, is he the right man? Do we, yeah. do, do we need a, you know, a manager will kick people up the arse for the last six or eight games and get the results there. We, we, I think we all felt that Liam Manning was a good long-term appointment. But was he the right, you know, in his own words, looking at short, medium and long term, was he the right short term appointment? I think he proved he was, you know, in terms of that coaching ability and the the very much the focus on what's important right now. Yeah, because he was asked a few questions about Matt. Taylor. Oh, wouldn't it be nice to have Matt Taylor now? Yeah, we haven't got him. So it's kind of irrelevant. Yeah. Move on, you know, and, you know, I've got to say the the. um I went when you know after we'd sat Carl when the manager hunt was on of the three names that were going around, I, I was in the Michael Appleton camp. I thought I'd love mm. to have him back. He's just what we need. Uh, I wasn't against Liam Manning. I just didn't know much about him really. And um, I, you know, looking at it now, I think it's a brilliant appointment. Mm. And I know that's not a revelation. I'm not the first to think that, but um, I adore his his. Um, personality i think he's brilliant uh as and, and you know i'm look i'm not some weirdo who thinks michael appleton is a benchmark everyone should live up to but he reminds me a lot of him i like mm. his i like his uh reserve nature um i've become so tired with carl robinson's gibberish 
you know, a hundred miles yeah. an hour, this, that, this, that, there's this, there's that. Um, and everything was sort of bursting with emotion and and drowning in all this silly talk and 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 what you got what you get with with Liam Manning is a very measured uh you know reserved this is these are the facts this is some of my thoughts we're going away we're we're analyzing everything um and he doesn't you know he doesn't give long answers to things that don't require them he just mm. gives facts he says things he can say and some things he can't um, and I love that. Why? Why would you not want that? You know, I I kind of think we, we experimented with Carl, you know, for five years. You know that that kind of personality, and you know we've said on this podcast a lot when when we were doing well, he was awesome. He was like a fan, you know. But it's just unmanageable when we're not doing well. It's infuriating. And mm. um, with Manny, it really feels like there's an adult in charge. There's a <laughs> someone who's willing to be mature and mm. and well not willing to is mature um and looks at things pragmatically and and answers you know things with just normal answers and um you know what's that's what we want really isn't it that's you know i think i think it should be really exciting to see what happens over the summer i love that we're not getting promises of we're going to get 10 signings before the 1st of June and all this sort of rubbish. <laughs> that was, yeah, that well, was that pointed be... out at the AGM. Somebody yeah. said that. I don't know. You know, it was kind of said to, to the whole board and the manager, just the, just the word of advice to Liam Manning. Don't say you're going to get, you know, the transfer dealings done, uh, your business done early. Just yeah. announce the sign. When it's done, announce the signing. Yeah. We don't, you know. It's just, just things that, just not... look, we're not children, right? No. Just, just, you don't need to, you know, you need to say, "Oh, yeah, you're going to get a thousand Christmas presents mm. this year, and you're going to get them all on the first of December." Yeah. You don't need to do all that. You know, just do announce things as they happen, and and we'll see the quality of the players. Mm. Yeah, some people, some people in the fan base, will be very impatient, demanding things now. Ignore them, right? Yeah. Just do your job. You don't need to pander to people. Just do your job. We'll see the quality when it arrives, and you know when it produces. Um. I say that I want ten signings now, <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, well, no, I'm, they, I'm really certain, well, they, maybe not signings, but they've they've announced some of the the players going out. Um, obviously, yes. all the loan players will have will have returned, um, but but three players, um, or two that we've kind of mentioned already, but one that we haven't: Matt Taylor, Javin Anderson, and Jody Jones won't be offered new deals. So Taylor, he's thirty three. Yeah. Um, last season wasn't great for him here or at Port Vale really didn't score, you know, a shed load of goals. And at 33, I, th I guess in a way, Liam Manning wants to not sweep away the old guard, but certainly yeah. he's not going to make romantic signings. He's not going to do an emotional signing. Of, it's Matt Taylor. He's an Oxford lad. Yeah, I'll give him a... He's, he's looked at it and gone, no, no, I'm not, yeah. sorry. And look, you know, it's it's absolutely bang on because, yeah, I think I think Manning's looked at it and, and said, look, it's not personal, it's business. This is mm. this is the game we're in, I'm afraid. And um, I'm, I'm sure Taylor accepted that. He knows the industry, knows he knows how things work in football. Um, and look, we all, we all want Matty Taylor to be our main striker and score 30 goals a season and fire us to the Premier League. You know, we, we all, we would all love that because it's such a romantic because he was in our youth system. Yeah. Okay. He left for a bit. He came back. He's from Oxfordshire, you know, born and bred and that sort of thing. It's a really great story, 
but like you say, the reality of the situation is he's he's I think thirty three years old. Um, he, he didn't have a great season before um, he was loaned out. I, I I think the loan was a disastrous error, even with the poor mm. goal scoring yeah. return. So I don't really think it was his fault. Um, but yeah, I think it's it's an opportunity. His contract is ending, so you know there's there's we don't need to it's be a high earner i would imagine oh, I you know is, yeah. you know I'd have um, he is. um because he, he's that's not his first contract he signed another one mm. whilst he's been here hasn't he so yeah i presume he's on he's on very good money for 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 the squad um so it's an opportunity to to bring someone else in um and you know we should yeah just on that Taylor, you know what it's been amazing to have him it's been brilliant you know i mean it felt like it took ages to get him here because he was Appleton tried to get him, didn't he? Yeah. He Rovers had the famous handshake thing, and it yeah. felt like he would never actually come back. Yeah. Um, and I love that, you know, that he kind of, he he maybe just was a little bit defiant of about around the club who who released him. Mm. Um, he came back eventually, but yeah, no, fair enough. He uh... And you can understand, you know, I mean, that shows the strength of character to go from Bristol Rovers to Bristol City. You know, that's that's yeah. a hell of a, I mean, it's a, it's a, it, with the greatest respect to the club that I love, Oxford United, Bristol City, a championship club, massive, you know, yeah. big stadium. At the time, they were, you know, they were kind of on the up. I yeah. can understand him going there. Um, yeah. And but... to go from Rovers, geez, mm. it was yeah. well. There were some unsavoury scenes. Like when, yeah. when we went back to Rovers and he played for us, mm. it was yeah, it was pretty yeah. nasty, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, yeah. But. Uh, yeah, I'm so glad he did come back eventually mm. to Oxford. He had some good seasons. That goal against Man City yeah. was one of the... You know, we'll do this when we leave the Kassam. We'll do the best Kassam mm. moments or something. I'd imagine that would be in the top 10. because it was, got to be, hasn't it? That was yeah. just an amazing moment against the you know, full-strength Man City back line. Mm. It was, yeah, it was wonderful. And it's been brilliant to have him back. Yeah. Um, he's apparently a character, you know, in the mm. dressing room and all that sort of thing. So... Yeah, we'll we'll miss him. Um, and you know, I I it's weird because you want to wish him luck, but if he goes and scores thirty <laughs> goals somewhere next year, yeah. you're like, oh. yeah, no, and he probably will. You know, he could well yeah. go somewhere and do and do very oh, well. Um, yeah. But but it is it is that kind of you know things move on. Um, yes, of and and there's often that oh my, you know, how are we going to replace him? How are we going to replace? And you just look at the you know the centre backs that we've looked at. And 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 it's we've had a production line of centre halves kind of leave every summer, um, you know Rob Dickey, Rob Atkinson, Curtis Nelson, um, yeah. uh, oh, last season one that went to Burnley, he was only here such oh, a short period Luke of time. McNally. Luke McNally, yeah. yeah, and and it's kind of like every time one of those goes, we go, well, how are we going to replace him? How are we going to replace him? And and going back to that, um, the head of recruitment and and the transfer windows that that have been referenced previously and how kind of poor they were we've gone away from that model of young up-and-coming talent and 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 we've kind of ignored that this season and and yeah Stuart Finley's done okay in the latter half of the season you know as a as a pure defender head the ball kick the ball fantastic playing them with the ball at his feet I'm I'm less confident with him yeah, but but it just felt that those those signings that we had made in in well almost go back to the start of the Appleton era and yeah. and those you know um, you know Lundstrom Ledson you know Kemar Roof and and on and on and on over over a period of time we were signing good 
sort of good ex Premier League, you know, players that that hadn't quite made it there, who were were hungry to to develop further down the yeah. divisions, and it yeah. it really worked for us. Um, yeah, and you know those League of Ireland players as well. You know the 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 likes of Sykes and McNally, you know, have, have worked. Um, the um, Stefan Negru, who who played sort of came on as a sub in one game, started at Port Vale and then got his face smashed in, mm. in the Port Vale game, looked tremendously comfortable in just the two games that you watched there. So you kind of think, okay, well, there's a player there that maybe in the same way that Luke McNally might have come in and, and played sooner than was expected because, you know, of players going, you know, that conveyor mm. belt of centre-halves going, maybe Stefan Negru is that next one that's going to make that step yeah. up again um, and, and be a hell of a player for us next season. Certainly, like I said, it was only two games, but he certainly looked comfortable in both those games. Yeah, um, no, certainly one to, that you think could could step up to to, to that. Um, it's funny when you, you name those defenders we've had. It's a crazy yeah. amount of quality defenders. Yeah. It's, it's ridiculous, really. Um, and of the departing players, um, Jody Jones is a really funny one. Mm. I just... We're just never going to know what the situation was there, are we? Is it literally just that we got we took a punt and he wasn't that good in training? I, I don't know because, but was he ever? Did he ever play for the first team? He played. Uh, he came on, and made a couple of substitute appearances right, in games. Okay. I'm trying to think where. Um, it, I'm thinking like Cambridge at home early in the season, maybe um, when Goodrum scored on like 94 minutes. Or did he play that day? Oh, sorry, I don't know. No, I can't remember. No. This is how. <laughs> But he came on and looked decent in a few games, and 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 at Notts County, you know, he's he's yeah. done pretty well there. Um, yeah. So yeah, it's an odd one. It's it, it yeah. is an odd one because and he came with such rave reviews. Mm. You know, his career just had a little bit of a dip. But if you ask any Coventry City fan, I mean, they yeah. just think he's unbelievable. Um, and then, you know, our people like Carl Robinson vindicated when. He goes out on loan and he can't even he can't get a League Two club. He's he mm. in the National League. Okay, a good side in the National yeah. League, you know. Um, I think that finals today, isn't it? Um, but oh, it might might were, be. Um, yes, yeah, yeah. And um, yeah, I'm, I'm I was surprised they've they've already told him, you know, it's, you're done here mm. um, before his season finishes there. Um, but yeah, I guess you know we haven't got time to to wait around for things. No. But yeah, I don't know. I I just think. Maybe you just have to close the book on that one because I don't think we'll ever really, we'll ever really know what happened. No. And then, um, yeah, the Javan Anderson. Javan Anderson. There's always that affection for players that have played for us. In that, I think people have said, "Well, why haven't we?" Off-? Oh, I've seen some people. Let's say, say, "Why haven't we offered him a deal? He's decent." And you kind of think, yeah, yeah. In, in spells he's been decent. Yeah. You know, he's done you know some flair things. But I think we it's that going back to you know football being that really cutthroat business yeah. is that that if you're if you're the, the manager making those you know it's not like playing championship manager on your computer where you can go oh that didn't work i'll reset and start again sort of thing it's yeah. you, you have to make a decision based on everything you know about that player but also everything you know about the players that you could perhaps bring in you know we don't know what he's earning yeah. might be not a lot might be a load but yeah. Liam Manning and 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 the the recruitment team may have identified four or five right backs who can play in a formation or uh, you know a, a, a team that that Liam Manning wants that might be cheaper, better, all of that. And and I think there's always that risk that we we get very attached to our own players yeah. without realizing 
we're a third division football club. There's a lot of footballers out there who are just as yeah. good as the ones we've got and a lot better. So we we have to hope that those are the players that we, we're going to target and, and bring in. And, and you see it as well in um, that when in, it t- people get attached to their own players is that a lot of the suggestions in the last week have been people who left us a couple of years ago. Yeah. What about getting this guy back? It's always getting someone back. Mm. Okay. And there's nothing wrong with that. But why are you obsessed with, with that? Like, we must get this person back. Yeah. And this is, you know, from my own point of view, if somebody's, I know the players that have played for us, and I'll perhaps be able to name one or two players, max, more or less, from every other team in the division. And I don't know the rest of them because I'm a football fan. I'm not, you know, (laughs) yes, we do a podcast and we talk about opposition occasionally. I'll often go on a, a, you know, I get Sheffield Wednesday guy. You know, I've been invited on there a few times and he'll go, so, you know, who who are our place are you worried about? And I go, well, I've heard of Barry Bannon. Uh, It's kind of, that's it. You know, uh, or there'll be, you know, maybe Marvin Johnson. And I know there's Gregory up front for for Sheffield Wednesday. And, And that's it. And it's kind of like, I, yeah, I, yeah. And whereas Liam Manning, I'm sure, will be able to name you every player at every team in yeah. this division, the one above, the one below. He'll know how good they are. And and that's why yeah. I'm happy well, to leave it to him to make yeah, decisions exactly. rather than yeah. me going, why don't we get this fella that I can remember his yeah. name? Yeah. And yeah, because you're, you're right. Because I'd just be like, I know that you're called the Owls. Uh, <laughs> and yeah. that you used to make steel. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm running out of things now. <laughs> Uh, Chris Wilder's from there. Yeah, but uh, he's but, from the other one. Yeah, he's sorry, from, the, yeah, yeah. from the, uh, the red team, not the blue team. Yeah, but yeah there no, is no, that. you're right. I, I, people, and people say to me, like, oh, you know that that oh, you know that centre-back Brighton have got? No, right. I have no, no idea <laughs> what you're telling me. You know. yeah. well, if there's a World Cup or a Euros on, I just, I, I'd see players, I go, all oh, right, yeah. Because mm. I'm the same as you, I just follow Oxford, really. I don't really yeah. care about anyone else's team. I might um, remember a player from an opposing team who's played well against. Remember, you know, it'll be like that the blonde yeah. lad in the middle of midfield. No idea what you know, little one yeah. or you know, yeah. big lad up front or yeah. whatever it might be. And but beyond that, uh, but that's no kind of basis for making signings. The big lad up front who had a no. good game against this can't be just because no, yeah. And, and if you left it to me, if I would just say, "Is Alfie Potter out of contract at Oxford <laughs> City?" Because that's. That's who I remember. I saw saw Robbie Hall has gone um, to, is it Hazen Yedding or one of the kind of London double-barrelled names. And I think it's a 29-year-old Robbie Hall. I think, is is that all he is still? Oh, Oh, wow. Getting back, he could do a job. I love Robbie Hall. Just because of that goal. goal. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, I know. But But this this is why they don't leave it to us. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Quite rightly. Quite rightly. But there will be obviously, I think. But in terms of, yes, we can't name. You know, we we couldn't say, oh, we should be signing this player. But I think we all perhaps know where we need to strengthen, and it's yeah. it's pretty much where we've needed to strengthen for the last two, if not three, transfer windows. You know, um, going back to three transfer windows ago, like the, the January of last year, when Alex Gorin had got injured in the November with his knee injury. No, that, that's a player I think is going to do pre-season with us if he doesn't get something else. But I don't, that's more a kind of, will help with his rehabilitation and that kind of thing at the yeah. moment. But we knew we needed an Alex Gorin replacement. We needed him in in each of the last three transfer windows we've needed that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yes, 
Cameron Brannigan can play that kind of quarterback role, but I don't think he's big physical enough. You know, you want somebody, I think you need somebody six foot plus to be winning headers in there. Yeah. And and Brannigan playing further forward, I think is a, is a da- more dangerous player for us. Uh, yeah. And, you know, yes, he's a very good player and he can pick a pass, but we get somebody in as good as him at picking a pass. Who's got a bit more physicality. I still think goalkeeper is a position we need. And certainly centre forward now with you know with Gatlin Odonko really the only forward that we've got contracted so far for next year. Kyle Joseph maybe one that comes back on loan again or or yeah. a cheeky bid for him. I, I was impressed with him. But there's there's a lot of I think there'll be a lot of player turnover this summer with players coming in. I think so. And there's a real opportunity there for centre forward, isn't there? Um to to bring you know a, de- a decent signing in. Um I don't, I don't know what the financial situation is. I presume the board are making resources available. Mm. I don't know if it will be the same as last season. Um, that would be a big commitment. Because <laughs> um, if to be believed, then we, we did spend a lot last year. Um, we obviously have Josh Murphy and Yannick Wiltshire on the payroll. And I I, yeah. I name those two because I you know, we're led to believe they, they are pretty good money. Mm. Um, so... That's got to be accounted for, though. I guess if offers came in for them, or if they could get, put them somewhere else, they they probably would, wouldn't they? Mm. Um, even though Murphy did kind of turn up yeah. towards the end of the season, yeah. Um, yeah. Now I think you're right on goalkeeper as well. I'm not sure what um, Eastwood kind of came back into form towards the end of the season. He's been yeah. a long old time now. Um, that mm. must be. I think he joined us the year we came into League One. So that's sixteen, seventeen. So um, what's that? Seven, seven or eight mm. seasons now he's been with us. That's a that's a long time. Um, and you know, you mentioned Cameron Brannigan there earlier. Cameron Brannigan is a is a factor, and this is a transfer window. Yeah, <laughs> um, there's always there's always questions around him. No, not criticism of him, but it, it hasn't been his one of his better seasons. No, so I don't know if he'll be in the shop window as much. I hope not. Because you know, I, we know he can turn it back on, and I say that has he scored nine goals or something from? Yeah, le- uh, yeah, he's our leading scorer. I'm not sure yeah. exactly how many, but so um, there you go. He's done that, and it hasn't been. He's had mm. better seasons than this. This also marks a, a a moment since Liam Manning came in, since that derby game. I don't, I don't think saying being being allowed is the right way, but he's he's kind of been afforded the well. This isn't his team. This yeah. isn't that. This isn't this. This is a hangover from the old, the old way. What we're going to get now is we're on Liam Manning's, you know, time now. This is mm. this is his chance to set his marker. I'm not saying he's made or broken by his first transfer window, um, but the whole this isn't his team thing kind of kind of ended at full time at Stanley. You know, this yeah. is this is now going to be his team. A lot of it is going to be. Players who are already here, um, but yeah, I'd imagine with the new manager, they're going to make a decent amount of you know resources available for him to to bring in what he wants to bring in. Um, so yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll see how that goes. I, I, this kind of top six budget has often been banded around. Yeah. I, I think it, you know that comes with a little pinch of salt, and that it's probably not at the same level as say you know Derby or Sheffield Wednesday's budget. But but we're 
we're we're sick let's say we're sixth in the budget table rather than top six because top six could mean top you know yeah. it's we're, yeah. we're 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 around that you know there's there's probably you know four five six teams with budgets bigger than us some significantly and then we're in that level of you know similar to maybe probably Portsmouth, maybe, you know, Peterborough, yeah. that kind of where you'd expect with the money that's being put in, a, you know, a, a, yeah. a top half, a, you know, approaching playoff final position, you know, which yeah. we've done in the last sort of three seasons. We were there or thereabouts. And really this this season has been one that's, that's you know, not been as good. Um, yeah. And, I, you know, I guess you also got to take into account that um, – Plymouth probably had similar budget to us. We've yeah. lost them. Yeah. Ipswich Town have definitely mm. had a lot more than us. We've lost them. We're going to lose one of Peterborough, Barnsley, Bolton. We're probably mm. not going to lose Sheffield Wednesday. <laughs> oh, that would <laughs> no. be a, that would be an amazing turnaround, but I I doubt yeah. it. So we're going to lose three teams who are level or above us. Yeah. We're gaining Reading. I don't know. I don't think they've got masses of cash. I think. You know, are I, they I still know. under a transfer embargo as well, potentially? Oh, okay, right. I think there might be. So we've got Reading, Blackpool, probably similar to Oxford. Yeah, because um, they, they're Wigan. a team that have been down here and up and down and, and yeah. not not a Premier League club coming down. They're no, a, you no. know, in the same way that, say, Sunderland were. Yeah, um, yeah. It is quite nice to not have one of those types coming down. Mm. I know you could say Wigan, but they're... They're screwed financially. But then I was going to say, what are Wigan? You know, I don't know if they're currently in a healthy financial state because it seems no, they seem to not. go from being it's all solved, everything's fine, to yeah. oh we're in administration again, and then oh we've bought the <laughs> careful. <laughs> I say you know oh we're spending loads of money, we've got promoted. Oh no, yeah. we're in. It, it just seems to go from boom and bust with them. It yeah. just seems a bit yeah. So you you're right. We're we're losing Plymouth with a decent budget. And 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 Ipswich with a big budget and potentially another club with with you know reasonable budgets going up. So it's not we've not had a you know for example Wickham. It's not Wickham that have gone up. Uh, you know you know the the, the Minnow done good sort of thing. Um, Derby will still have a decent wedge. And then coming up, Leighton Orient, Stevenage, and Northampton. Well, there's three clubs there that aren't. You know, it's not. Bradford might join them. You know, Bradford are a club that you would imagine if they're going well, will get decent crowds yeah. and and yeah. and have a bit to spend. But but of the four playoff places, Stockport, Carlisle, Bradford, Salford, there's there's not huge money coming yeah. up from from the division below. No, I guess um, there is. Yeah, that Man United vanity project. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah. I don't know what their power is. Um, they seem to just get more money when mm. they go up, but. Yeah, no, I think hopefully it'll be a bit more of a level playing field next year. Um, but I think that shows their commitment. You know, it's one yeah. of the things that's been levelled at them, certainly with with the managers taking so long to get rid of. Oh, you know, they don't really care. They're not in yeah. it for the long haul. And you go, look at the, look, we've said it so many times, look at everything else around the club apart from the men's first team this season. Yeah. You know, the under 18s doing fantastically well. The women doing fantastically well. The academy's doing well. The training ground is, is superb. And a lot of money being spent on, on the, the plans for the, the new stadium, you know, not just yeah. architectural plans, but the whole thing around having to, to, spend a lot of money on a lot of things to to get yeah. a new stadium so they're, they're in it for the long haul what are your thoughts on if 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 the plan to build this stadium for some reason is unsuccessful what's the ownership position with oxford united does that become difficult 
I don't know. I don't. I, does I, their I interest think be, remain? It um, becomes very difficult for the club at that well, point. Yeah, you yeah, know, it, it's yeah. it's kind of that existentialist threat then. You know, because at the AGM, somebody asked Neil McWilliams, who's who's heading up the the stadium thing, about. Um, is there a plan B if we don't, you know, if it takes too long, is there a plan B? And it's like, well, if, if we get planning permission and, and, you know, we're starting construction of the stadium, but it overruns and we, we get to a point where we're not going to be able to move in before the 2026 cut, you know, this sort of summer three years from now. Yeah. Yeah. You know, there's probably a way that we could maybe ground share. We could maybe have another year at the Kassam, but that's not a long-term solution. There isn't a, there isn't a long-term plan B, you know, if if we don't get the planning, then there's not a well. Kasam will let us have another X number of years. You know, he he would probably say yes to a year if if he could see a, a, an out at the end of it because he's yeah. you know he's given notice that he doesn't want to renew that license. Um, so it wouldn't shock me if so he said nah. Yeah, well, he's, he's got that in his locker. Absolutely. Hasn't he? <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah there, there's that that yeah. risk as well and at that point you're kind of looking around the county and going where else could we play oxford yeah. city's not really is it well, it's, it's plastic pitch so you, yeah. you you know that would be a, an immediate no could that be overcome possibly but it, you're right it's not probably not league standard yet i mean they're doing fantastically well they could be in the conference next season but yeah you'd have to then look further afield and and i don't you know if you're looking further afield, the nearest clubs are rivals. You're not, you're not, you're not going to go to Swindon. You're not going to go to Reading. No. Wickham might be an option because although it's local, it's not a derby. You know, it's, I don't think there's that kind of same level of, you know, people go, yeah. well, I'm not going to go there. It's not, I know, you know, no. or, or the other option. And that, and it kind of ties in with, um, with the whole thing about the new stadium at, at, at the triangle it's fantastic for for um transport links you know it's it's a it's a 200 yard walk from the state from the station at, at um oxford parkway oxford parkway will by 2026 be linked to milton Keynes. you know the um that east west rail link that goes through bista and ultimately will go to cambridge but the first kind of steps are i think is it Milton Keynes and then Bedford or Bedford and then Milton Keynes. I'm trying to think which way it'd be, would it be Milton Keynes first? It's Bletchley, Milton Keynes, Bedford. By 2026, that could well be that, that line should be open and operational. So if, 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 if there was an overrun and the Kassam wasn't an option, I think MK might be that option in that transport would be relatively simple. Um, would be costly because it's not like you can walk to Milton Keynes, like a lot, you know, people could walk to the triangle. So yeah, I think, I think they're, they're in it for the long haul um, simply because of the money they've already put in to the club. Um, and they put it into a club that currently isn't massively saleable because of the no. situation with the stadium, you know, without, if we owned a stadium, you'd look at Oxford United right now and go, well, they own, whatever that stadium might be. Even if even if they own the Kassam, you'd go, okay, there's something there we can work on. Fantastic training ground, good academy, positive, you know, it's the only professional sports club in the county. 
it's not surrounded by lots of other football clubs right by the, the tank. It's a really good asset. That's it's the stadium that's that's not making us it's because we're not, you know, that whole sustainability thing. We, you know, it's been covered so many times. So I think then they're in it for the long haul because they're now in it. <laughs> yeah. I know there's no out at the moment, you know, no. for them, you know, like any owner of a football club, they're any business people, they would be looking for a profit, but you've got to create a saleable asset to then sell it, to make a profit. Yeah. So it's also, uh, you know, when these people buy football clubs, there's an enormous amount of due diligence done. Yeah. That they'll know uh, we don't make a million pound net profit every no. day. <laughs> no. um, so, you know, it's not going to be not going to be news to them. Um, we should cover briefly the the parish poll that took place this week. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, you know, it, it came out. I'm going to get this wrong. It was roughly 2000 people said no. 1000 people said yes. Around that. Yeah. Um, and that it was a thirty percent turnout. Yes, um, yeah, it's it's nice actually because we we were uh, there's about uh, it looked like there's about ten thousand and six eligible voters in right. in the Kidlington Parish. Now, interestingly, Kidlington Parish chops out a bit of Kidlington right by Sainsbury's. Some of the people that yeah. live what you would say is in Kidlington nearest to the stadium had no vote. Now, they might have voted all yes, all no, or a mixture of both. It would yeah. be a mixture of both, it's bound to be. So, yeah, of, so it makes it a nice, easy figure to, you know, when you've got a, you know, at that one at the start. Yeah, 2,000, 20% voted that they didn't want. Because it's, it's an interesting, it's like, and it was one of the things with the wording of that poll was not should the um, parish council support yes or no it was should they do you think the parish council should back a stadium yeah and by saying no they shouldn't back a stadium might mean no i'm waiting to hear a bit more information yeah it's not I mean, it, but yeah it, it's a 30 percent turnout and a and a two-thirds one-third split on the yes no um before yeah. anyone's seen any plans yeah no and i think um there's a few I, I kind of went backwards and forwards in my opinion of that vote of the result of that vote after it um i initially when i very first saw the the numbers i thought oh that's not great um mm. that, that two-thirds are against one third yeah i then you know saw all the the arguments and and thought the same myself that um the turnout's very low um there's a lot of people who haven't opined on the situation um and also that um you know, parish polls are a very rare, unusual thing to do mm. on, a, on a planning application. Um, then going back the other way, I um, one of our loyal listeners, Ed Bridges. Hi, Ed. Um, hi, Ed. Hi, Tim, as well. Yeah. <laughs> um, not <laughs> hi, as well. Not as well. Not an addition, <laughs> yeah. Tim. Um, Ed pointed out on Twitter, and it was quite, it was quite, I thought it was a fair point, actually, is that um, there is that, that expression, you know, um, decisions are made by those who turn up. And, yeah. you know, it's, you can't just dismiss that, well, the, the the turnout was low because the club actively promoted that this poll was happening. Mm. Mm. And I think that might be something in the future that there should be a recognition that these things are unusual things to be doing and that district planning 
provides a huge amount for people to question and scrutinize and oppose these plans. And I think that that's where a planning application like this should, should be allowed to get to. Yeah. And the club will not have an easy ride in district planning. And 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 actually, nor should they. No, They're building absolutely. a stadium, you know, it's going to be scrutinised. And I'm not saying our fans don't accept that point, um, but it should just be said that, yeah, I, I I would love the stadium to to get over the line, and I think as I think ninety nine percent of of us would, um, in the in the fan base. But I think it's it's also absolutely right that you know it, the club need to answer questions and need to provide detail, and I think they will do that, mm. um, because it's a big thing, it's a very big thing, and it's it's going to be there you know for hundreds of years hopefully, and um it's going to be centered to to the county's you know professional sports club so um yeah i i i think that it's the, the approach in future should be that the club should just keep following the process that's in front of them answer residents queries i thought the club statement was brilliant mm. where it was just professional it was very professional yeah. i really it was a bit like liam manning it was yeah. it was measured <laughs> yeah. it was mature it just answered the questions and it said look we will continue to engage in dialogue, and I think that's that's how that's how you show people um, what your your point is, and that your point is is the better one. It, it, is that um, it's just answering questions, and people will have reservations and queries, or they just want a couple of answers to. They, they're a lot of people are probably who a lot of people who didn't vote probably sitting thinking, I don't I'm not necessarily against you. I just no. want a bit of information about it. And yeah. and fair enough. Absolutely. <laughs> I, I couldn't agree more. Yeah, no, you're you're absolutely right. It, you know it, it, it is it is a small turnout. However, at least two thousand people have genuine concerns um about the stadium plans. Um but I guess where you know having having been involved and, and if anyone you know I'm I'm on the Oxford committee, so I'm, this is not me blowing smoke up my own ass. But people on that committee have done tr a huge amount of work, you know, boots on the ground, not just the Oxford committee, you know, Oxford's members, local Kidlington residents have have put in huge numbers of hours, you know, in a in a campaign to try and get a yes vote, um, knowing that it, it you know. I think we all knew it wouldn't be a huge turnout. You know, it, it, it's a smaller turnout than they had, for example, when they overnight the parish council decided they were going to refer to Kidlington as a town, and that kind of didn't go down. Yeah. It, it was sometime in the late eighties, so that <laughs> you know that that got more people irate at the time. Um, but but equally, that that you know there is a, a enough people there. You're right, who who were you know. Um, engaged enough to go out and actually put their cross in a box and yeah. you're right you know you, you every election you know pretty much it's the you know those that don't vote are probably the biggest party but oh, they, yeah, you know, absolutely, yeah. but but equally it, it's about who you vote for on the day and that's that is the system we have so yeah it's a it's a non-binding referendum no, yeah. um, where have we heard that before but equally, <laughs> it, it does it does show a a level of of um you know antiness towards the stadium um yeah. and that probably goes from people who you know have been very vocal and regardless of what the plans show and regardless of any just don't want it and and there's no swaying those all the way through to people who perhaps were at a point where don't know whether to vote yes or no or not vote but Okay, I'm going to vote against. It, 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 there's a wide range of, of views within that no 
vote um, that that need that and you know we we can address some of those during planning like you say you know there's a massive amount of processes to go through and and um, you know hopefully some people's fears will be allayed it may be as well that when people see the plans those that voted yes will turn and go no you know it, it, there's three thousand people there with all different views on it yeah. you know it's not just two views. And I think this is the very point. And the thing that, that supersedes this is the fact that this is why we don't hold polls generally for planning yeah. applications, because we don't know the ins and outs of it yet. And, and you know, when it when it gets to district planning, the club will have to provide this will be so many metres from this will be so yeah. many far from this. It's yeah. so down to the last detail and it's and, it's know, like a neighbor if your neighbor got our, our neighbors are, are doing um you know putting some plans in for for a bit of an extension looked at the plans looks fine doesn't bother us and and you know we're not going to object but we wouldn't be able to object by just going no i don't want you to have an extension yeah. you know that that's not a real yeah. you know a, 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 a um you know, like you say, one of the boxes that can be ticked. You can't just go, no, I don't want you to have an extension. No, you have to say, no, it's it, it's encroaching on my property, or it's yeah. it's doing this, and uh, and you might claim it's going to do something that actually isn't part of the things you, you can complain about on a plan. Yeah. So it's yeah. there. There are so many things that will need yeah. to be hoops that jump through. Yeah, there's a long way to go in this, and I think the overall thing with it is, I wouldn't, I wouldn't get too down about the result. I don't think anyone has actually. No. I wouldn't get too too down about it. Um, there's a long way to go. I think the club are doing absolutely the right thing in in just following a process and going about their business. Mm. They're holding more of these. Are they calling them listening events? Yeah, yeah. Um, so that's that's going on around the county. Mm. Well, around Kidlington, mm. there's more coming up. I think in the next couple of weeks. Um, yeah. So yeah, we'll and eventually there will be you know the 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 proper plan. You know we've seen a little bit of a diagram from yeah. above of where the stadium might sit in the footprint and that kind of thing. But but yeah, the more detailed plans from every angle and yeah. you know those artist impressions that you know if you're looking at plans, you kind of get an idea of how high off the ground it is, um, what it might look like. Yeah. You know, they're, they're, they're talking about a green roof and all all the sorts of things that that go into, you know, is it a concrete monstrosity or is it the greenest stadium in the country? You know, there's yeah. there's a, a wide sort of difference of opinion on what it's going to look like, but nobody knows yet, really. Yeah. It's, it, it's at that point where we still, and and that's, I think, maybe where, that poll was a bit early in that you're asking people to make a decision on whether you think a parish council should support something when you're not sure quite what it is they're going to support or not as the case may be so we'll see it's yeah long way to go we'll we'll cover that in plenty of uh, of the future um even just those brief plans were exciting weren't they yeah oh uh, yeah absolutely (laughs) yeah it's it's visual you know you could read you know the club have put out a lot of information yeah and a lot of it is as dry as anything because that's how it is you can't you know it's all about you know um paragraph c of the road traffic plan you yeah. know drawn up in 1980 it's like what well, no just show me a pretty picture yeah. oh is that what it's gonna look like yeah fine yeah that's how it is isn't it we're, we're visual we'll we'll have if you know if this does all happen um hopefully it will 
we'll leave with with fewer fond memories i think than than we did yeah. from the manor ground but then equally there'll be people you know of your generation and younger fraser who mm. only know the kasam so they'll they'll remember those games against man city the you know the swindling games the the yeah. derby day games the you know the the wickham promotion game and all of those you know all of yeah. those games that that meant a huge amount in the history of the club um yeah so Absolutely. Yeah. Oh well, all of mm. all of my amazing memories, yeah, are at the Casam uh, Stadium. Yeah. yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. Well, it, you know, it was it was hoped that oh, they were talking about a new stadium and, and possibly championship football in there. Well, we've we've avoided going down to League Two, so you know, a promotion yeah. for the men's team would would mean championship football at a new stadium. Um, but equally, um, the women's team narrowly missed out on finishing top of um their division which would mean a playoff against the the team from the from the um premier division north so um yeah let's let's talk about the women's team and, and yeah. their season and finish third you know we, we've talked about they were going into those last sort of three games of the season when we played uh Watford and Ipswich um and I think Gillingham in between needed a win from one of those Watford or Ipswich games um, and a draw against the other. It didn't quite happen, uh, you know, narrow defeats against Watford and, and Ipswich and we've, we finished third, but even so a hell of a, a hell of a season. Yeah, it was, it was because you were at the Watford game. Went you? to the Watford game. Yeah. Um, didn't make the Gillingham game. Um, and the Ipswich game was on the last game of the season as well yeah. so it, it clashed but yeah no I went went to went to Watford unlucky um two fantastic strikes their their goals were were two absolute screamers um but we we were let's say in total control of the game we did very well we played as well as you know they, they played to a really nice shape there's you know obviously you you often hear about shaping football and, and we have that we we play a really good pattern of play and that kind of thing uh, and it was yeah we were undone by two two worldies in the, in the Watford game yeah no i mean and to you know to finish i think did we finish one point off the uh... two points off Watford and two... Ipswich yeah. yeah Watford did it on goal difference right okay um so they now go into a a playoff with playoff uh, against Nottingham Forest, yeah. yeah. So it's the yeah, it's and then the winner of that will go into Championship second yeah. second tier of of the women's game. And I understand so they're changing that next year, aren't they? You don't, yeah. I, in, I think, in in this in a similar way to the conference, you know, in the yeah. years that was you you had to get voted in, you know, in the same way that Oxford United got you know elected into the football league. But oh. what used to happen, team would finish bottom of the fourth division, and and you know. They wouldn't. It would be like Turkey's voting for Christmas. They're not going to vote someone out because yeah. next time it happens, you might be the team at the bottom. So you yeah. know, for years, very few teams got in. Then it became one team would come up. Yeah. For years now it's two. You know, and it's that. You know, is the is the level of and quality there? Well, I think clearly, you you know, yeah. looking at the the North Nottingham Forest, Wolves, Burnley, Derby, Huddersfield, Stoke, Birmingham. You know, big clubs in our division ourselves: Watford, Ipswich, Portsmouth, MK Dons, Plymouth. You know, there, there's there are big clubs in that division who, like anything, you go into the next level. You you'd you'd be looking at the clubs to to put more investment into the women's game for that yeah. for their teams, and it, and it's certainly a, a, a sport that's that's growing massively. 
Yeah, and you know we've had talk of a fans forum this this summer. I think so. I mean, if we do get one, I think the question that needs to be asked is, you know, are, are there plans to increase the resources available mm. for for the women's team? Because I mean, I mean they've been the pride of Oxford United. Yeah. You know? yeah. And and I'm not saying that you're judged by how well you did against the men's team, you know, but they have been just a shining light of mm. of of the club this season and to only have you know and it is gutting to only have three losses and two came in you know those last three games but to get that close it's, it's kind of a really yeah. you know, stupid thing that you don't you don't think like this in sport you just want to win of course mm. but um you know to you've got to be happy and proud to to get that close and it should just be you know fuel to go again next season yeah um and 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 go and go one better um, but they've absolutely been, you know, the pride of our club this season. And it's it's just been great to, you know, um, see the results. And, and, you know, you've made a few of the games, haven't you, Si? And, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Not lots, I think... but, but certainly, yeah, one or two. And it, it's, like I say, I don't get to, to many of them, but I can, I can see an improvement in quality, you know, over mm. the last four or five years, you know, having gone to games previously. And you look now and, and the, the fitness levels, the the technical ability, every professionalism, you know, everything about it is improving, and it's yeah. improving at a, a tremendous rate. You know, it's 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 one of those things when people kind of compare it to men's football, and it's like, well, you you need to compare it to itself. You know, it's yeah, yeah, yeah. Course, yeah, in the same way that you would do that for you know, you, you can watch women's tennis and go, well. She'd have no chance against the man. No, but she's not playing against the man. So you that's ir- irrelevant. You know, it's that level you're you're playing at the level you're playing at. And 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 of course, you know, it's not it's within my lifetime that women weren't even allowed to play on God. men's football league pitches. You know, it was like, no, no, they're they're banned. So you 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 know, the, the game literally had to restart, you know, not that many years ago in terms of right now we can be affiliated to men's football league you know to football league clubs and play at certain you know pitches that we weren't even allowed to play on you know you banned us from playing it's now it's playing catch-up and it's doing it fantastically well and and certainly at, at, at the women's super league level the 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 attendances have been remarkable it's you know yeah. so that's not just a case of oh it's on the telly i'll watch it it's actually people going and watching the games live yeah. in stadiums and it's it's fantastic at, at that, you know, women's super league level, but that will filter down and, and people who watch it on the telly women's world cup this year, uh, this summer again, you know, with, with the euros from, from last year, it, it will build and build and, and become, you know, a, a much bigger part of, of our yeah. football club. And you'd hope kind of the club might be a, a bit clever and, and try and tie in, you know, if you buy a men's season ticket, you get some sort of discount. Mm. To women's fixed, you yeah. know, it's something like to bring. You know, there's a lot of there's, the club have access to you know a fan base of what ten fifteen thousand there mm. that they can market this to yeah. and, and fully bring into you know the family that is our football club. Um, and um, yeah, I think that, you know the job that Liam Gilbert and Kath, I Kath, um, have done. You know this season, uh, it's yeah, it's really the. The shining light of the club, um, and yeah, we're going to hope to get a couple of players on over the over the um, the off off season. Am I American? Yeah, pre-season. the off season. The off yeah. season. All the off season. Um, over the pre season, yeah, to 
you know, to sort of go through the their season in depth. Mm. It's that right. If we're going to get this new stadium, obviously the women's team is going to be a huge part of that. But but looking long term, you know, if there's a a, a a market for fans, you know, where they're not coming to the men's games, but they come to the women's games. Well, that's part of the club as well. You know, and yeah. it, it could be, you know, something for the future with with the growth in the women's game that that we tap into it. Um, yeah. Same with, you know, getting a, a women's international at the, at the new stadium, potentially. You know, it's, there's, there's all that sort of... Um, long-term planning that uh yeah you, you hope that the the club are looking at and like we say they're, they're certainly we thinking for the long haul because of the amount of money they've put in mm. that there's not an easy way of getting out so i think that i think they're here you know they'll yeah. they'll they'll support the women's team certainly hope so yeah deserve it absolutely um we should talk about the end of season awards uh is it kieran brown Yes, the board. Yeah, um, so deservedly, he, I think he's yeah, oh, been yeah, yeah. yeah been very good. Yeah, um, no, look, and they had that guy. Is he from the BBC? Someone presented. Yeah, Mark Clement. Yes, that's it. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah so it, it looked like a yeah a uh, swanky posh night. Yeah, black tie um, do and all that. It would have been dodgy <laughs> if we weren't safe yet. And uh, yeah, because you know yes. how it is. People don't like that, do they? When there's no. You know, there's there's still stuff to do. Mm. What we'll we... perhaps do um, is is do another pod later in the summer, or yeah. you know, uh, yeah. once once we start looking at you know incoming players and and season ticket announcements and and how that kind of things go in and maybe pre season and what we might be doing for pre season. Um, yeah, I know there's the Swansea games already been announced, but there's obviously going to be more than just that. So it'll be uh, be nice yeah. to see you know having a an away day or an away weekend or an away week depending yeah. on what the pre-season yeah. is and yeah that kind of thing so say maybe maybe another one before the end of may yeah um, yeah i should say one of our listeners nick nick of the uh, left yes. side is doing the thames path uh yes. go and check that out and if you can afford to just you know i'm sure he'd welcome a, a five or a tenner in his uh He's doing it for charity, um, is, so yeah. it's uh, yeah. If if you can spare something, I'm sure it'd be much appreciated, and it's mm. really good following his uh, progress. It was a fantastic. Mister Ox did it a couple of years ago. Didn't he, he did, yeah. I think sort of during lock, well, not during lockdown because that wouldn't have been allowed. But you know, yeah, yeah during um, that sort of yeah, that's some, one of the summers of uh, yeah. of COVID. So yeah, no, yeah it's it a great. fantastic achievement. Yeah, good luck to him. Yeah, um, this might well have got him from I don't know. What, what do we think? Sort of. Depends when this goes out, sort of Windsor through to Maidenhead or something like that, or the other <laughs> way around. I don't know which way around it goes. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. Watch out for the swan. They'll break your arm. <laughs> um, so, yeah. Uh, yeah, good luck with that. Um, anyone else who's doing anything through the summer um, that you want us to kind of promote? If it's, char- no, you know, good causes and all that, not just a you know, barbecue you're having or something like that. But, I mean, that's good, know, too. good luck. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, if you if you want us at the fence end to, to kind of retweet or just highlight anything that you might be doing, that's uh, that's charity, um, we'll 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 do that if it's a good yeah. cause. Um, but uh, yeah, in the meantime, we'll uh, look forward to League One next season, um, some point during the summer, um, and, and and we'll do some pods during the summer, maybe some non-football ones. We'll see. Come up mm. with an idea, do yeah. something. Um, biscuits is always a. Nice contentious one, baked beans, things like that. <laughs> should two jar baked beans on biscuits? That might be. We haven't done that. Combine the two. Oh god! So, well, this thing, yeah. this thing, FMO. 
tagged yeah. us in. Oh, oh yeah. Jesus. I, d- I didn't wrong. sleep. It was so, gross. So many levels of wrong. Uh, <laughs> baked bean cheesecake uh, bombshell. We'll leave it. Yeah. <laughs> we'll, uh, we'll see you next time. But in the meantime, take care of each other. Take care of yourselves. And we'll see you soon. Bye. Bye.